Hello there and welcome to Kingdom of the Logos. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor and today we're going to be talking about your thoughts on the coronavirus shutdown. Now, today in the live stream, I'm going to be answering some topic questions that people have sent to me, and they're really all over the place. A lot of them are really good, and in all honesty, all of them take us to a good conversation. And thank you for joining me. And that being said, while we're in the live stream, if you'd like to send me your thoughts, questions, or comments, please do. We will have a good time with that. And as you can see, in the studio with me is one other. Um... Yes, there he is, Count the Blue Dog, the Blue Healer. He's here with me and doing what dogs really enjoy. He's there laying in his bed. Well, anyways, today I've got 10 different questions that people have sent me regarding the coronavirus shutdown and things that are just on people's minds, things they're experiencing, things they're seeing. And today we're just going to have a conversation about all of this. Um, So the first thing that I had sent to me when I sent this out earlier today is one family sent in their treasures from their hunts. Again, you look throughout our history, there are times where we were in the garden, and then there are times when we were out hunting and gathering and things of that nature, and we got these pictures sent to us today. Um, One family had a great success in their hunt today. They got themselves some Vanity Fair um, napkins. So as far as paper products go and tissues and things, this is a great treasure. And of course, they even scored a bigger victory with a 45 mega rolls of uh, Members Mark bath tissue. So I guess they're at um, Sam's on that one or maybe Costco. I can't remember. Members Mark is Sam's, I believe. But nonetheless, that's pretty interesting. And again, we look at this and from the biblical perspective, um, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 reminds us, As for those who are in this present age are rich, command them not to be haughty, or to set their hopes on uncertainties or riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So in the midst of everything, God wants us to have joy. So moving on to a bit more serious of a a question than just one's own personal find. And again, all everything that we're going to be talking about today is sent in from people in the audience and people that I've been in contact with as a pastor. So these are things that we're all thinking about. And if you've thought of some of these questions, um, jump in with it and have some fun in the conversation with me. So another thing that was brought up um, was really this dual position that people have. Somebody sent me this thought. They said, if you shut down, you are giving into fear. But if you stay open, you are being irresponsible. And so this is just the general mentality about businesses, churches, and everything. They, And I guess even in life. And this mentality really is, you know, what do we do? We feel like we're pulled between these two poles. If we shut down, are we just giving into fear? If we say we're going to stay at home, we're going to self-quarantine, are we only giving into fear? But if we stay open, are we being irresponsible? And one of the reasons why we're, we're torn between these two angles is the fact that we do not have good sources of truth. And as I said yesterday in our live stream, I don't know that there is a vehicle in modern society for actually obtaining truth on anything. Um, there's just not. And what we find when we go to our, our scriptures, if we go to Numbers chapter 21, verse 5, it says, The people spoke out against God and against Moses, saying, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. And again, you look at that scripture and you look at this, this idea. People are asking this question. The leaders in our society and what we have permitted as public discourse. Again, you turn on the news, you turn on anything. Everybody kind of has that nice sanitized tone where they kind of sit up straight and they say, tonight on the nightly news with our Midwestern accent. And this is 
basically true whether you look at cable news or network news. Um, we have reduced our public discourse down to something where there is no vehicle for serious conversation. Um, Everything is just a small amount of information. It's all partial information that's very interested in painting a narrative. It's not interested in being truthful. And it has brought us as a society out into a place in the wilderness, and we're finding that maybe there's not as much food and water as we thought, and we're being stuck with miserable food now. Sort of like the, the Israelites, they start to speak out against God and Moses, um, and they're the reason why this has happened is is because of their their own sin while they're speaking out. This is not a good thing that they're speaking out against God and Moses. Um, and we as a people, too, we are at fault for allowing our society to get into the place where we don't have an opportunity to have truth. We don't have a place in the public discourse for truth. So you get everything polarized. You get people all over the place. Some people... They just want to paint a narrative. They want to ignore things. They want to selectively look at stuff. And therefore, when we get to a real crisis, we're not able to deal with it because some people are going to be just say, given to fear, given to it because they want that doomsday apocalypse. They want everything to be like Mad Max because they've got their blue healers, which look really good in a bandana, um, but they don't want anything beyond that. So this is a big problem we have in society. So for those who are thinking about that, that pull between being shut down and staying open and being irresponsible, one of the reasons why we feel that way is because we have not been serious as a people about pretty much anything for a while. So the next thing sent to me, and this one is a bit more, um, it, it's very humble and it's a very practical thing. So this is for those of you who are, who are wondering how you're going to be involved in church and things of that nature. Um, somebody sent me this note. They said, open up the book of Proverbs and whatever day of the month it is, read that chapter that correlates with the day of the month. And so this is actually a pretty interesting piece of wisdom. Again, it's pretty simple. Just do that. Whenever you're, you're wondering about things, open up the book of Proverbs to that chapter. Um, Proverbs 8, 12 says, I, wisdom, live with prudence and I attain knowledge and discretion. So wisdom has prudence, we should have prudence, and we should be people looking to to attain knowledge and discretion. And the further we get through this live stream, some more serious questions we'll get to. Um, point number four, and this is from someone who's an earth. They said, those who I work with that don't know God are scared. And this really is fascinating. A lot of people are scared when they don't know God. And one of the things that I hope happens in our society is that the idols fall. If you don't start with the worldview that says we were created in the image of God and we have that breath of life, which is really precious, and we've all fallen into sin and we need a savior, people are going to be scared and confused. We need that foundational worldview. And 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, In the case of the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And for those of you who've been around, you know that I've translated this as the God of the age has blinded the minds of unbelievers to negate the radiating illumination of the good news of the divine presence of Christ, who is the image of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the middle of a storm. Our whole society is in a, in a storm right now. There is a dark cloud over us. And if you're here where I'm at in Tennessee, it's literally been dark for like four or five days now. Um, and we need that penetrating light of the gospel. And for people who do not have that penetrating light of the gospel, they are going to be um, scared. They're going to be disturbed. But for those of us that have the light of the gospel, we should not be tempted to be scared. And and on the note that was sent to me, I imagine there are actually quite a few people who know God who are still scared. But the truth is, is if 
we truly believe in Christ. We know that everything in this world, it is going to pass away. It is all temporary, and we should look to things above. And we're going to make the best of it while we're here, and we're going to do the work of God while we're here. Um, the God of the age is trying to blind people's minds, but we need to see clearly. The gospel, it is a lighthouse. It is illuminating, and we can have great hope in that. So the next note that was sent to me was a simple question, and it was the question of at what point do we draw the line? And this one was given to me actually verbally, and the broader context of this is when we look at society and we look at the, the sin nature that people have, um, at what point are people going to take things um, in a bit less civil? And one of the things that is unfortunately true, and if I practice what I preach, and I actually believe that we are created in the image of God, but we've fallen into sin, um, as the facade of sanitized niceness falls on our society, there is a great um, potential for people to start behaving uncivil, especially as people are without their jobs and and things of that nature. And as people are at home, the you know idle hands are the devil's playthings. Um, and Matthew chapter ten verse sixteen reminds us: See, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And as individuals, we all need to realize we need to take personal responsibility in our lives. We need to make sure that we are behaving as godly, righteous men and women who understand what it means to be created in the image of God and understand that everyone out here on this earth has a soul that Christ cares about and we too should care about. Um, and that means we're going to have to have personal responsibility with our families, with our loved ones, with our church families. We need to be personally responsible because there is real evil out there looking to take advantage of this. And that's just the truth of it. If we believe that people are naturally sinners and we look at our clearly post-Christian world, and, and I mean clearly post-Christian world, we know that there are going to be people try to take advantage of this. And we have to be wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. Um, for those who know me personally, I did my master's work studying um, the criminal justice system, criminology, things of that nature. And one of the, the things which was always interesting to me in my studies is they have done some research into at what point will people actually give in to crime. And I can't remember the exact number, but it's it's over $1,000 for most people, um, less than 2000 like $1,200 or something, where if people had the opportunity where the money was there and you could steal it knowing it was stealing it, people would get into crime. They would commit a serious crime for about $1,200. It's, it's not a high number. Like people really are willing to indulge that sin nature. And again, for most people, that number was around $1,200. We might like to pretend that that's not true, but we really are all sinners. And, you know, earlier, if we're at the point in, in society where people are sending me a, a picture of the, the napkins they got at Sam's and they're super proud of that, there is a real possibility and actually a real prediction that things could get uncivil very quickly as people start to get their appetites for whatever it is in life that they don't have fulfilled, they start to get hungry for that. Bad things can happen. So we as individuals, we have to be personally responsible. We have to remember that we are called to be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. And um, it's been the week of, of St. Patrick's Day. So there's another thought from St. Patrick that um, this note had on my mind. Um, St. Patrick, when he is escaping from Ireland and going back to Britain, he was with a a ship that he's on and the ship gets um, kind of stuck on an island and 
This is St. Patrick on regards to all this. He says, Our food ran out and hunger overpowered the crew. The captain came to me and said, Why has this happened, Christian? You say that your God is great and all-powerful. Why then are you not praying for us? We could easily starve to death and may never see anyone else again. And full of confidence, I, and this is St. Patrick, said to him, Convert and turn your whole heart to the Lord. For God, nothing is impossible. If you do this today, he will send you food enough for the journey, and he owns an abundance of everything. And by the help of God, it came to pass that, behold, in front of our eyes, a herd of pigs appeared in the roadway. The crew was able to kill a lot of them. So that's kind of Patrick's confession in his own notes on life. But we're in a day and age where how many people in our society would be happy if they got hungry and God provided them a herd of pigs? How many people would actually go out and, and kill and eat the pigs? Um, I'm a, I have a few sheep, used to have a lot of cattle. But how many people that actually own animals and things would, would get to that point? And um, we live in a day and age where we're so used to luxury, a lot of people, they, they would never really even consider something like that um, without a total devastating change to our world. But at the same time, we're very unappreciative of the things which God has given us. So it's, it's fascinating. So to the question of at what point do we draw the line, we as families, as individuals, we have to be personally responsible for ourselves, for our families, for our loved ones, for our church families, and realize that in the midst of this, there is a real threat for things to turn ugly. Because the sin nature is out there. But but don't lose hope in that because this is also a great moment for revival where we can have a great opportunity for people to do, as Patrick said, that, you know, turn your hearts to God. If you want to find a better solution to the world, go to God. Don't go to, to worldly governments. Don't go to worldly systems. Go to God. Um, so moving on to our next question. Um, oh, this one was pretty fascinating. This was a video that someone sent me, and I hope I can pull this up for you. Um, Okay, so this is a, well, I'll just let it play and you'll find out what's going on here. John? Yeah, we've got our shady guy John? over there. Are you John? Yeah, who sent you? Anthony. What's the password? Find, find your beach. All right, did he tell you how much? Yeah. Big lot of cash in there. Very clean, very clean interior. Ah, and here comes the goods. Roll of toilet paper. And some hand sanitizer, some Purell. Alright, get the hell out of here. You didn't so see there, me. There, there we have that for everyone to view and, and appreciate. Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Um, just in response to that, Proverbs 26.11, like a dog that returns to its vomit, there's a fool who reverts to his folly. Uh, there's always people wanting to, to do stuff like that. And, of course, that's satire and comedy. But satire is only funny because it is an exaggeration of the truth. It is connected to reality. That is what makes it entertaining. Um, so it's just fascinating to see all the things going on in people's minds right now. Um, and I've got coffee over here I'm trying to get to. Um. So, yeah, going on to our next question, someone sent in this note. They said, it seems that the virus is a political thing that people are using. Some people are mad at Trump for calling it the China virus. And I hear the mayor of New York saying that there are people being beat up because they're Chinese. Okay, so 
a couple of interesting notes on this one. Um, it, the Wuhan virus is what a lot of people are referring to this as, and there are a lot of people pushing back on that, saying it's racist. If we're at a point in society where we're worried about what something is called rather than how we deal with it as adults, we're not having a serious conversation. And that's really all that I can say about this. People aren't calling it – I don't know of anyone calling it the Wuhan virus because they they hate Chinese people. But, in fact, people are saying that because they're trying to denote where it comes from. And when we look at something like that, people want help for those people. You know, China is in, in a state where they have a totalitarian government, where they, they have – um, not a lot of liberty personally, and their their conditions of living are not very good. We we know this. We all send around memes about how Nike wants to to talk about virtue and stuff, and yet they're running sweatshops in China where they pay people a dime a day. You know all that stuff. This is connected to reality, folks. Like China, the government in China doesn't do a lot to bless their people, unfortunately. Um, which again, we shouldn't just expect governments to be a god where they are the source of all blessing and that all comes from god but they they are experiencing tyranny over there and it's very unfortunate those people need to be helped they need to have a better state of living this is it's very sad it's very sad um to the other point though about the mayor of new york i actually tried to do some research on this about talking about people being beat up this is something you hear all the time oh we can't call it that way because it's going to encourage people to be racist or whatever um cnn put out an article, and CNN definitely incentivized to to find as many stories as they can. And they had a few things where they showed some some people of, of um, Asian descent um, experiencing stuff. One of them was on a L.A. subway. Somebody came up and had a tirade against, um, I believe, a woman and didn't really do anything to her but just kind of talked to her. Um, in, in a vile way, of course, in a, a really nasty and, and uncivilized way. But again, it was, I mean, th- that was it. And then there was another time where a woman actually did, I believe, get hit in the head. Um, and somebody had, had been talking with her and yelling at her or something like that. And this was also in New York, um, where there was a Chinese woman who was wearing a mask in New York. And a man come up to her and said something um, nasty to her. Um, it wasn't anything to just called her as a nasty word that I'm not going to repeat right here. Um, and then she responded, yeah, yeah, okay, go away. And then after that, the man hit the woman in the head. And then it appears that there were two people in Indiana where the somebody at a hotel asked them questions. Um, but that, that's pretty much been the extent of it, which again, I'm not saying that these people responding like that are are good, but this is not a, if, if you're saying you can't discuss where the virus came from or how we help the people in China where this began or how we can do preventative measures about stuff that, that begets things like this, again, they're not interesting in helping the Chinese people. They're just interesting in controlling a narrative. They're they're like the the religious leaders when Jesus is on the cross and they make the sign that says King of the Jews and they come and say, No, 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 no. Don't say King of the Jews. Say he said he was the King of Jews. Again, it's all about narrative with these people. It's not about truth. It's not about helping people. And it's really, really sad. We need to have more adult conversations. Um But as far as other scripture that relates to this, why are we like this as a society? 
Um, Exodus 1.8 tells us about this. There arose over Egypt a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. We, as a country, have leaders. And I, all of our, basically, political leaders for a long time have, have not been interested in recognizing the sovereignty of God. Um, they use scripture on occasion, and they take the Lord's name in vain, and it's stuff that is really just putrid. We do not have people that are interested in truth, in, in actual justice. It's always qualified justice, whether it be my version of justice. But it's, it's never the justice of, of God. It's never Christ being the judge of the living and the dead. It's always me or whatever cause I have being the judge. Um, and it's, it's wicked. We live in a world where there is a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. We do not have leaders who respect the sovereignty of God. And that's why you... And, and to the point of... Yes, it has been politicized, and, and we as adults, we can make distinctions. There is a real virus, and it has real threats with it, and it's done real tragic things. But then there is also the political side of it, and we as people have a hard time telling the difference between the two because our culture has gotten so nasty. And this didn't just begin like a few years ago. This has been building long before I've even been alive, um, and I'm almost 30 now. I'm 28. Um this stuff has been going on where people care more about rhetoric, where they care about more of the, you know, what is politically correct to say, what is the the thing that will get me, you know, bonuses from my corporatist cronies, whatever it is. We have people who are not interested in pursuing the truth, who are not interested in the justice and the call of God, who is sovereign, who will be the judge of the living and the dead. We never can forget that. All right, well. Oh, this has gone a bit longer than I thought it would. Well, moving on to the next question. This is on note number eight that someone sent me. And this one says, all media is telling us to look to the government for all answers. All decisions will be made for you. To me, this is wrong. And you're right, that is wrong. The government is not God. And this is one of the reasons why I've been telling us we need to be asking questions, be personally responsible in this, because if I am actually honest as a Christian and I believe what I preach and I believe the premises of you know, Nazarene orthodoxy and Christian orthodoxy of the last 2,000 years. We believe we were created in the image of God, but we fell. And if I've been talking about how our culture has moved so far away from God, that sin nature does run rampant. And if I actually believe what I profess to believe, then you can, you can bet yourself that these people... And I guess I shouldn't use the language of bet yourself. People are going to come out and be like, Nazarenes don't gamble. I'm not meaning gambling. You, you can rest assured, though, that there are going to be sinful people who will try to take advantage of this. There are going to be people who don't let a good crisis go to waste. There are going to be people who use this and abuse this, and it's very, very sad. Because there are a lot of people out there who are trying to deal with this honestly. There are a lot of people who are nurses. There are people who are doctors. Um, I know nurses and doctors um, that are trying to handle this righteously, that are trying to handle this correctly. But you know what? They don't have, they're not, they're not the politicians. They're not the people in the media who, who try to, to manipulate things to get there. They're, they're honest working people that are trying to make a difference in the world. And it's sad that we're all held hostage by basically the news narratives of the day. It's very, very sad. All of this is really bringing us to a moment of reckoning. And we, we as, as Christians, we need to stand against this. Um, so back to this statement where all media is telling us to look for the government for all answers. All decisions will be made for you. To me, this is wrong. And this is wrong. 
I, I, this is wrong. The government is not God, and this is an opportunity for the government to try to be God. Um, and there is a difference between people who are experts and people who are making policy. Um, and I bring all this up to say the, the people in America that um, make policies, this is a strange new interest they have in life. And I don't mean to just be on a rant over here, but they're, they're perfectly fine with over 2,000 babies being killed a day via abortion. So they, they don't obviously care about life. We look at things and everybody wants to politicize issues like the southern border. And they forget that the majority of young women and girls coming across that route get sexually abused and even a large portion of the the males coming across do and you look at that and say there's no way that you could righteously talk about this without actually trying to to help the people and no one actually talks about the real violence that is going on to people there say you do want to help people get to america like okay i i can can hear that argument but why do we want to do that through a means which is utterly violent and utterly sinful and is pits of hell depravity um, why why does nobody want to talk about these issues in a way that is actually concerned with righteousness? It's all about political pandering, and it is horrific. Um, so I say that to say the media telling us to look for government. Government does not have moral credibility on the issue of life and on the issue of public health. It does not. And that's sad because there are a lot of really good people, nurses, doctors, who have great credibility, who have done the best with their life to to do good things. And rather than our society letting things handle this correctly, we instead are held hostage by, by political narratives. And that is just utter rubbish. It is. It's, it's very sad. It's, it is trash that needs to be thrown away. Um, so let's get to point number nine that someone sent me. Scripture is about coronavirus. So this one's kind of simple. And um, I'm going to go a different direction with this. Let's go to Numbers chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Again, we're in the book of Numbers twice today. Um, Numbers doesn't come up that often, but today it does. Um, And here we've got um, Miriam and Aaron have been bad. And Numbers 12, 14 and 15 read, But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear shame for seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp for seven days, and after that she may be brought in again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days, and the people did not set out until uh, sat on on the march until Miriam had been brought back in. Okay, so that text, Miriam has been given leprosy from a cloud because she and Aaron did some stuff they didn't need to be doing. Um, they they were being rebellious against God um, and against Moses, and they. They were just grumbling, if you want to know the truth. They they just had the general grumbling that the Israelite people did, and they thought that they would, you know, get a little jealous, be a little grumbly, didn't really get their way, and so they, they took on a bad attitude. And his punishment, um, Miriam's punishment was this, was she got leprosy. And God tells her, you go outside the camp <laughs> for seven days, and after that she can be brought in again. But what's fascinating about that story is all of the Israelite activities get shut down for a week. The people did not set out on their march until Miriam was brought back in. That's kind of where we're at. Um, so the coronavirus, it has caused us to be quarantined. Again, I don't think it's a punishment of God. Um, though, I mean, God God is the judge of the living and the dead. I'm not. But, you know, we are at a place of quarantine. Um, so that's just a little bit of satire with that scripture. A little bit of truth, though. A little bit of truth. So let's move on with our stuff. Let's go on to number 10. 
So somebody sent me this note where they said, we are in the upswing of the bell curve and things have not yet hit their peak. With people getting laid off and the number of cases going, growing, things are going to get worse. Okay, so this one is kind of fascinating. Um, Genesis 4-7 reminds us that sin is lurking at the door. It's crouching. It's a predatory animal. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. So um, I agree. I think we're in the upswing of the bell curve. Um, I don't think things have yet hit their peak with people getting laid off. And again, you, you've hit on two different issues there. You've hit on the, the actual issue of the virus and then the reaction to the virus, which really are separate issues, and they've got to kind of be handled a little separately. Um, with people not yet hitting their peak, or with the virus not yet hitting their peak and people being laid off, um, that definitely opens the, the window for a lot of things to happen. Um, so sin is definitely crouching at the door. We have to be conscious of that. Um, that same person had a sub-question there, and I put that off as a number 11 on this, and this is the last one we're going to get to. Um, and they, they had a little sidebar. They said, I think they are testing to see if they can control a whole population with a biochemical weapon. Um, and whether or not that is how this started, one of the lessons that, that the government can learn from this, and I mean all of us can make this observation, is you can shut down an entire nation basically very quickly with something like this. Um, Matthew chapter six or Matthew chapter eleven verse sixteen says, "But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn." And in that text, Jesus is dealing with with people who they've tried to manipulate him. They've tried to force him to do stuff. And the same thing about John the Baptist. They tried to manipulate and force John the Baptist to do stuff. And in both cases, they tried manipulation and they were mad when the manipulation didn't work this is a logical thing to think about because this is an effective flute and it is an effective wailing because it can take control of people very quickly so an interesting thought there so those are just 11 thoughts that people have sent me on the coronavirus and i thank everyone for joining in on the conversation i hope this was enjoyable and we looked at a lot of scripture today we had you know 11 12 scriptures that we looked at and, you know, remember God is on the throne. As we're all spending time um, doing different things, I know some people are staying at home and sort of self-quarantine. Other people are, are still at work. Um, a lot of people are not at work. But nonetheless, let us remember that God is on the throne. The coronavirus is not on the throne. Um, God is on the throne. And there is a great opportunity for us to have time with our, our loved ones and to really figure out what is important to us in life. Um, we as a people need to be more serious about things in life. We need to be more, uh, have more gratitude. We need to have more grace, we need to be more gracious in what goes on, we need to be more grateful. And now is a great time to get all those things worked out. And of course, it's always a great time to get right with God. And if you or anyone you know wants to have a conversation about stuff, please reach out to me. If you have any thoughts about any of these things that we've discussed today, if they were thoughts you were thinking, um, let me know. And with that, we're going to close by saying the Lord's Prayer. It's a good prayer that I think most of us should know, and you can pray it with me if you'd like. So let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. And with that, God love you, and have a blessed day. 
let everybody have a look at Blue Dog before they leave. Um, if you would like to help out our program and donate monetarily at patreon.com slash kingdom of the Lagos, we would appreciate it. Um, we are going to try to be producing more content. I've been talking more with Pastor Amanda and Pastor Mike, who are at different churches. One is at Trinity Church of the Nazarene. I'm at um, Jolton. Mike's at uh, Grace Chapel Church of the Nazarene. We're trying to get more content out there for people to view in our, our downtime and just have keep close to God. So on that note, God love you and have a blessed day.